Club Soda Club. We're three friends, each with our own sobriety story, sharing our personal experiences and what we've learned along the way about leading a new alcohol-free life. Welcome to episode six of the Club Soda Club. I'll take roll call. Roll call? Roll call. Roll call. <laughs> roll call. <laughs> Jessica Chur is present. Derek Bolin. Hi, hello, I'm here. Scott Graham. Present. Yay. Scott. Welcome Hi. back, Scott. Back. I'm back. I just want to say, uh, yeah, we, we, you were sorely missed last episode, mm-hmm. even though you did uh, record that, that little snippet for us to include. So thank you for that. But it's great to have you back. Wasn't it's great to be back. Ah, you guys were great. And I feel <laughs> like an awkward third wheel. <laughs> <laughs> the that whole, should be, the whole dynamic has you? changed. Yeah. I was going to say, do you, yeah. do you also feel that way with your dog in your dog's bed right now? <laughs> Kinda, kinda. I'm actually holding the other dog right now, like a like a teddy bear. So, there you Aww. go. Oh, yeah. cute. Aww. <laughs> it's a. Hey, speaking of uh, speaking of romance, uh, today's topic time. is <laughs> weddings. Weddings. Keep the segues for your other podcast, Derek. Yeah, Come we do on. Can, we do segues. We just, segues have a place everywhere. Uh, uh, nice, nice. We're talking about weddings today. Yes. Uh, and, uh, I feel like weddings have, and maybe it's just like, uh, uh, you know, recency bias or confirmation bias, especially since I sobered up, but now I'm like, wow, weddings are really, uh, alcohol centric, Mm -hmm. at least the ones I've attended since I've sobered up. Um, and that's like everything. So we can discuss kind of like the entire, uh, scope of wedding events, which also includes uh, bachelor and bachelorette parties. Yeah. Uh, because those same thing, like I've attended a couple since I sobered up and uh, I was, I think those, that was my biggest concern because the year I went sober was uh, there were like four of my friends and my brother getting married. So I was like, holy shit, how am I going to do this? Uh, and I somehow somehow survived, and I will get into that. But I feel like you guys have much juicier stories. Um, Who have you talked to? Well, Scott, have Who, you? Well, you. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I think both of us have teased our, uh, our, our bad wedding stories or what have you. But I was going to ask you, Scott, have you been to any weddings or wedding-related events since you've gone sober? Yeah, I've, I've been to one wedding. Uh, it was last summer. And it was a friend of my wife's and uh, I actually had a great time. And it was a very, you know, booze centric wedding as weddings tend to be, generally speaking. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, I didn't find that my lack of drinking really changed how much I enjoyed or didn't enjoy weddings in general. I'm always kind of like weddings are sort of like a... I, I don't know if I want to call them like a forced event. <laughs> You're letting my bias about marriage slip out real early here. Ooh. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I just find that uh, it didn't really change my experience with being a guest at a wedding, uh, being sober as opposed to not being sober. You, you hated it and were just as cynical as if you had been drinking. <laughs> fair that, enough. That's fair. That's yeah, that's fair, except I was considerably less drunk. Mm. All right. That's 100% actually. Yeah. 
And I have not yet been to a wedding or wedding related event since going sober, since I only went sober in April. Um, and I'm kind of past the age now where everyone's getting married. So I honestly don't know when that's going to be kind of curious if I'll ever experience that actually. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. I'll invite you to, uh, to, oh, to yeah. my wedding. Yeah. Should, should any ever take place? I'll invite you to my we, wedding. We, should we, I ever we. get married for the second time? <laughs> <laughs> no, we like Lindsay. Keep Lindsay. Oh, no, 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 no. See, see, the, this is, I'm about to drop some reality on you here. Me and Lindsay are married. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so okay. I have been married before. I was married uh, yeah, very young. Yeah, I have her as uh, Lindsay Graham in my phone. That's not she accurate. She is not. No, no. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so I was I got married really young uh, to my high school sweetheart. And that wedding was an absolute gong show. Because being in your early 20s and doing a big event like that, you know, if you're not drunk, I don't know how it even would happen. So, right. I see what you mean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it turns out that uh, it probably shouldn't have. So there you go. <laughs> Interesting. Do yeah. you want to go more into that, Scott? Uh, well, I don't know. I think we've talked about my previous relationships in the past. And well, we talked about it yes. in the relationship episode. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I talked about like yeah. how I felt like I wasn't really allowed to drink. And then that sort of drove us apart. That was actually my first wife. So, yeah. yeah. So what was the wedding itself? Uh, like the wedding itself was kind of not, not at all what I expected it to be based on my understanding of our relationship and the, the rules that we had in place. Um, I mean, I got absolutely hammered, <laughs> And, uh, I don't know if she did too, but, uh, I definitely was to the point where I don't remember large chunks of it, probably for the best. Yeah. Hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And I didn't think I had much to talk about for this episode, but there you go. I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> am I, um, no, no. Have either of you guys been married or am I the only one? You no. sounds like you are the only one. Oh man. I, I was, I was engaged once. Yeah. Me too. Um, to a, to a girl I dated for, uh, seven years. Um, and about six months out, like we, we had a wedding planned. We had a venue booked. We had invitations sent out. We had like everything set in place. And about six months out from the relationship, I was like, I don't really want to marry you. <laughs> like this is not, uh, not something that I want to do when I really think about it. Uh, so called, called the whole thing off. And, uh, I have a previously loved engagement ring. If, if uh, anyone's looking for one of those, don't get yeah, it slightly Kate. used, slightly used, get Kate a new ring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I let it slip that I had, uh, uh, previously used one on hand and I think she's going to be very vigilant about uh, watching for that yeah. <laughs> uh, when when I propose. Rightly so. <laughs> and I also was engaged, uh, which was stupid and I don't really want to think about it, <laughs> but yeah, we didn't, we didn't get very far in the planning process before I was like, oh, actually I want the opposite. I want to not be in this relationship anymore. <laughs> was this, uh, was this house guy? This was house guy. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've so, talked I mean, about like, him before. We too, bought I a think. house, yeah. which yeah. was basically like getting married. It had probably the same amount of paperwork to get out of it. Yeah. And, and lawyers yeah, as well. Yeah. Essentially. We did actually have yeah. to go see a lawyer at some point, too. So, yeah, it was like basically we were married. It was awful. So, yeah, <laughs> I would never do that again now that I'm like, I've sort of like been close enough to it. And I'm like, mm, that's too much commitment for me. Like I can be committed emotionally and, you know, be in a committed relationship without like putting that much into Being it. Being legally committed. Yeah, you know? Well, no, that's, uh, I mean, you're still legally committed whether you pay for the big splashy ceremony or not, right? Well, like I file too, a yeah, tax return. So, like yeah. I don't necessarily need all of that. I don't, yeah. yeah. I mean, jewel, I don't know jewelry is nice, know if, but I don't need to get it because I got married. I could just get a ring. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if Lindsay well, okay. technically agrees with my stance on weddings. I'm sure that she would like to get married, and I think our daughter would like us to get married as well. Oh, that but, would be uh, really fun and cute for your yeah, daughter. Maybe, maybe someday. We'll see. <laughs> That, that'll, uh, I feel like this is opening up a very interesting philo- philosophical discussion on, uh, what marriage is now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. It is. Yeah. It's a big question. Because you have, it is. Yeah. Like you have common law, which is essentially, uh, what, like it, it basically extends the same like legal obligations to, uh, to couples, and whether they're married or what not. What is that after six months of cohabitation or a year? What is that? I don't even remember. I think it's six months. I remember it being shocking. That's really yeah. What is it? What is it? Law boy. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say six months, but I don't, <laughs> I, don't quote I me on that. I'm pretty, and, uh, I'm pretty sure you're correct. I yeah. That sounds that. very familiar to me. And that's at least in uh, the, the province of British Columbia. Mm-hmm. I'm sure local local laws vary, but uh, yeah. yeah, in, in BC, Canada, uh, all you have to do is live with someone for six months and you are essentially married to them. Yeah. So have you been technically married to Dale before? I'm just curious. <laughs> yeah, ba- basically a number of times. Just checking. Um, I thought so just out of context, but yeah. <laughs> it was never consummated. Scott. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Listen oh, to your guys' only, podcast. <laughs> yeah, five dollar Patreon level, or no? Was it five or fifty? Fifty. No, we needed to that get day. it was a thousand. If it, it if we got a thousand dollars that day, we were going to uh, heard, not consummate. Open mouth, you were going to open mouth kiss. I heard fifty, and I heard yeah. consummate. I don't know. Maybe I was listening to the wrong podcast, <laughs> or you were just w- wishful thinking on your part. <laughs> Uh, Jess, I know you too had a, uh, a, uh, uh, story about, uh, one wedding in particular, yeah. uh, that took place when you were drinking. Did you, did you still feel up to, uh, to share? You know that? what? My heart started beating really fast when you swung it around to me, but you know what? Let's go for it. <laughs> so nice. I like that. This is like, I would say one of my, like, low low points or one of the things that made me really question drinking habits in general and my relationship to alcohol. So, um, it was a wedding of like friends of Graham, my partner. So I knew them, but I didn't know them that well. And then I really only knew like a a handful of people and everyone else was like complete strangers. And I've talked to you guys already. I don't know if I've mentioned it too much on the podcast, but I have pretty bad social anxiety. And so my way of getting around that was always to drink alcohol before I go out or like when I get there, I would drink like a couple really quick to sort of like loosen myself up. Um, But this story actually starts prior to the wedding itself. Um, So I went shopping for a dress to wear to this wedding 
and I found this really pretty. I don't know if you guys know what a wrap dress is. I'm maybe like zero. Okay, I was gonna say maybe I'm stereotyping, but I think I I feel like I know what that is. So basically, like you guys know how you put on a house coat, how you like put it on like a jacket, (laughs) and then you like wrap it around, and then you tie it to keep it closed. Yeah, yeah, smoking jacket, roughly. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. So this dress was kind of like that, although like more secure because you have like a loop to tie it through. So like there's no way it's going to come undone. Um, really pretty dress, like super like satiny material. So it's really slippery. And I tried it on in the change room. It looked great. I showed my friend who I was shopping with. She said it looked amazing. So I got it. Um, I made the mistake of not sitting down in it while I was trying it on. And I will never make that mistake again. I sit down in everything I try on. Um, even if like there's no bench in the change room, I'll go find one to test sitting down. Because when I got to the wedding and I sat down at the table, the slippery ass material just came right open. And like, even though the top was secure with the tie, the skirt part, because it was, the, I didn't realize when I was trying it on, but the dress was not fitting me right. It was too small. And so the material wasn't like overlapping enough. And basically like my crotch was just out. So not only was I having social anxiety at this wedding, but I was just having like anxiety that I was going to accidentally flash my underwear or like someone was going to see that like my dress was just not right. It was not fitting me properly. Whoa, 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 whoa. You, you wear underwear to weddings? Because that's not a thing that, that I've ever done. What? Don't you get all sweaty from dancing? <laughs> I thought it was. I, I thought it was common practice to go commando to, to weddings. Is that what not What tradition is, that not is true? this? What are you talking about? <laughs> are you making a joke? Yeah, oh, okay. 100%. I wear underwear to okay. weddings. I wear two pairs. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Anyway, well, I'm glad I was because that would have been even more stressful, but... I was so I was spent the whole wedding being super stressed out about this dress and then the social anxiety on top of that. I think those two combined caused me to drink a lot more. So what I had to do was like sit at the table, but then like scooch myself super close to the table, like pull my chair right under it so that I could basically use the tablecloth as a blanket to cover. Otherwise, I had to like hold my dress closed with one hand and try to like eat my dinner one handed. And it was a total mess. Um And then, so basically I ended up drinking more than I think I normally would have because of that. And just trying to like not think about it and not be stressed. And whenever I was standing, the dress looked beautiful, but whenever I had to sit down, it was awful. (laughs) And so, and then meeting new people and they're like, let's go get a drink. And then I just ended up drinking way too much. So at some point I don't, I just like, don't remember anything, which we've all been there. Um, I remember waking up in the morning And my dress, my beautiful, super annoying, ill-fitting dress (laughs) was covered in vomit. And I woke up and I was like, what the fuck? How did I get home? What's going on? I like, I was still wearing the dress. Graham like put me to bed in the dress in vomit. I was mad about that because I was like, you could have taken this off. You got puke in my bed. Like, that's disgusting. Um, (laughs) You could have hosted me in the shower and just leave me there with the water running. That would have been fine. That's, that's <laughs> no, yeah, no, don't do that. But um, not only this dress, which I ended up throwing throwing away, which such a waste. But I was like, I'm not taking this to the dry cleaner, or whatever. How embarrassing! But I still had to take my winter coat because it was a December wedding, I think. Yeah, December. I had to take my winter coat to the dry cleaner to get the wine vomit out of that, which was it's like a beautiful winter coat. It's like my favorite thing in my whole wardrobe. I look forward to winter just so I can wear it. 
And I had to take it to the dry clear and be like, oh my God, someone threw up on my coat. How imbi- how gross and rude is that? Meanwhile, it was me. And I'm just like, and I'm sure they knew, like, I'm just like, oh, I'm sure she knew it was me. And I'm just like trying to play it off like it's someone else. Um, and so apparently I threw up on myself in the venue. Like I didn't even wait till I got home or like in the, and we, we all took a bus together to like a party bus thing. Apparently I threw up in there, like hearing this after the fact. And when I woke up too, I was just like, Oh my God, I am so embarrassed. I want to like crawl in a hole and die right now. Like I want to crawl in a hole and never come out. I never want to see those friends again. Like, and they wanted to go out for brunch like the next weekend. And I was like, I'm not going. Like, I can't face them. I cannot face them. I was so ashamed and so embarrassed. And that was the f- one, like, not the first time, but that was one of the really serious times where I like was like, I can't do this anymore. Like, what is wrong with me? This is not right. I'm at a freaking wedding. Like, you're supposed to be classy and shit. And I'm just like throwing up all over myself. That's awful. And apparently the bride did it too. Like that was, they were trying to like make me feel better, but I'm like, you know what? It's her day. She can do whatever she wants. I should not have done that. That was, uh, that was horrible. And ever since then, like that, I didn't quit at that point, but that was when I like really stopped drinking. Cause I was like, first of all, it makes me sick. And second of all, like, I don't want that to happen again or anything even close to happening like that happening again. I think that was the last time I ever like vomited from alcohol. I think so. I, I, I have a somewhat similar experience at a wedding, uh, with, uh, it was a wedding with an open bar, which like, if you are somebody that drinks and you're listening to us, never have an open bar at no. your wedding. Uh, it's just a terrible idea. And we nobody were, needs to drink we were actually, that much. no, nobody needs to drink that much. And we were actually encouraged to, uh, make this person realize what a horrible mistake they had made by having an oh, open that bar. That like a bad idea. And we did. And all I will say is that I didn't throw up on myself. Well, did I? No, I didn't throw up on myself. But at some point during the night, me and a friend of mine, a guy friend of mine, were slow dancing, uh, pouring rum and Cokes in each other's mouths from about three feet above each other's faces. Oh, I got it all over my custom made suit and shirt that were completely ruined. Oh, no. And yeah, that was, that was a very nice suit and I'm still mad about it. And, uh, yeah, that, that wedding was just a disaster from start to finish. And, uh, yeah, so I can sympathize with you, especially in terms of the social anxiety part of weddings. Like I don't like people in general, (laughs) like I'm a very antisocial person. It takes a lot (laughs) for me to really want to go out and interact with people. Like I'm a very inward person these days, but, uh, I used to try to combat that with alcohol and weddings. It's just like the worst force. Like you're sitting at this table, having dinner with people you've never met, having to make conversation. Uh, I don't like to dance and there's like supposed to be dancing at weddings and I don't want to dance. And it just, the whole wedding situation for me is just like my nightmare. Right. So drinking would generally, I think, I would try to get it to loosen me up and it just ended up making the night even worse than it would have been had I not been drinking. So yeah, this, the, the wedding that I went to last year, I had exactly the same things that I hated about it, but I 
woke up the next morning feeling great. Yeah. <laughs> I will say one thing that does worry me a little bit, or I don't know if it necessarily worries me. I just don't know what it's going to be like if I do eventually go to a wedding and not drink is that I really do like the dancing aspect of weddings. And I'm always like, just like, let's just get to the dancing. I just want to dance. But by then I've already like had a few drinks. And so, um, and I am, I mean, like in, as a sober person, I'm embarrassed by the way I dance and I don't dance in public unless I've been drinking. And so I'm kind of worried that I'm going to miss out on that as a sober person. Like I'll dance around at home and be a dork. Like I've said in an episode before when I'm at home and it's just Graham looking, but I don't know if I would do that in public. And I'm kind of like, that might just be a part of me that I have to like be okay with letting go of is like the person who dances in public. Yeah. I think, I think though that, um, it's like anything with this whole sobriety journey that we're all on here is that all these things that you thought that you needed alcohol for, it turns out that you don't, you just have to try. And even like the awkward stuff or the embarrassing stuff that you sort of build up in your head as being this thing that you need alcohol to help you do. I think for me anyways, for the most part, anything that I've thought was going to be an issue uh, that I needed alcohol to do. I haven't run into anything yet where that's actually been the case. Uh, it turns out that the things that I needed it for, maybe I don't actually like as much as Mm. I thought I did, (laughs) but, uh, yeah. Uh, but, but I don't like to dance in general and alcohol never really changed that for me. So Mm. that one, that one, you're just going to have to try. Yeah, Yeah. You know, I think it'll just, uh, it, like as I've been going along, I feel like in certain ways or in, with certain aspects of my personality that did come out a lot more when I would drink. And now they're slowly starting to come out just naturally without drinking. Yeah. So I think by the time a future wedding comes along, like it might just be something that's not an issue anymore. Yeah. I, so I'm going to, I hope so. I'm going I'm to let you in on a little secret. Uh, drinking does not objectively make anyone a better dancer. Oh, no, I'm not delusional are. about that. I'm not delusional about just, that. <laughs> it just it just makes you care less about yeah. what other people think of you, right? Exactly. So um, same thing. I, I fucking love dancing. Like, And I'm the most awkward white suburban dad dancer in the universe. Mm-hmm. I'm all forearms and overbite. Uh, and it is... Uh, overbite? It's, it's, oh, oh, I'll, I'll demonstrate for you sometime, Scott. Oh, but uh, Lord. even I was at my uh, my brother's wedding. Uh, when was that? A couple, couple years ago? It must have been like the, the first year I was sober. Um, I just had a fucking great time and I was dancing my ass off all night and just like, uh, being the, the dorky idiot that I normally am. Uh, and at some point I think one of my aunts went over to my mom. It was like, uh, I thought you said that Derek had stopped drinking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and that is when I knew I had made it as a sober person. Yeah. Cause I was like, if, if I can get up here and people still think I'm drunk and I get to like, uh, still enjoy myself and wake up in the morning with like zero hangover, uh, then, then I can absolutely get through this. That's, so that's really uh, it was definitely validating. You've reached your final Pokemon evolution. That's it. Yeah. That's uh, <laughs> awkward, awkward white guy dancing while sober at a wedding. That's <laughs> all I ever wanted it's, from life. It's all I can aspire to be. <laughs> well, except for the guy part. I'll be, I'll be like a mom dancer, you know, those like yeah. mom dancers. Yeah. Like Elaine Bennis. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> oh my god. Um, yeah, I don't know when when like when that's going to happen, but I hope that by then I've sort of come into my own and have gained more confidence in my new sober self to be able to just yeah, yeah just do it. And it's definitely a journey. And, and I think like you don't really get over that hump until you do it for the first time. And then you're like, oh, wait, like no one even notices me because everyone's all like all these people are still drunk doing their True. own thing, paying attention to themselves. Uh, and nobody notices you except for your aunt mm-hmm. who still thinks that you are a drunk person. In fact, if you didn't dance, you'd probably stand out even more like they'd be like, oh, what's her problem? Yeah. What's his problem? Yeah, that's that's a great point. Yeah. Except for Scott, who apparently that's, that's uh, very, on, very on brand for. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. You know what we forgot to say? We forgot to say happy birthday to Derek. Oh, happy birthday, Derek. Oh, thanks, guys. Yeah. Thank you. It's not today, yeah. but it, it passed between episodes, so we should acknowledge it. Yeah, happy birthday. Thanks, I appreciate that. Yeah, another, another sober birthday in the books. Yay. You continue to look just as young as you did the year before. Oh boy, thank you. <laughs> I, I feel like it's that uh, submerging of a frog in boiling water thing. It's like because I see myself every day, I don't actually notice how old I'm getting. Uh, but if there was someone who hadn't seen me for a couple of years, they might be like, oh, holy fuck, <laughs> what happened um, to this guy? Check no, out the Crypt Keeper over here. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Scott. <laughs> so nice to have you. Uh, I look like Louis C.K., so whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's, uh, yeah, so the the year immediately after I sobered up, uh, I was in, like, three bachelor parties. Uh, that, that was interesting, but also fun, because uh, I could go out and watch everyone getting just, like, absolutely annihilated. Uh, I think we went, we went and did uh, one uh, bachelor party in Portland, uh, which is about as deboshed as you would expect, uh, and everyone else was like super wasted and I could hang in there with the best of them. We didn't go to sleep until 4am. And then next day I got to get up and go for a run along the river. And uh, everyone else was like hung over and shitty until noon. So uh, I felt pretty good about that. Um, and then I am, I didn't only uh, attend weddings, but I emceed three, three weddings in one summer. Now that is uh, something. And that, and that was my first, uh, first, uh, yeah, those were my first weddings sober. Uh, and apparently people just, uh, intrinsically trust the sober guy with a microphone more than a drunk guy. So I ended up getting recruited to, uh, MC all these weddings. Do you and, even need a microphone? You got uh, a loud ass voice. <laughs> uh, yeah, Maybe I, that I was it. Like they it could save on a- microphone costs. <laughs> Yeah, just a formality at that point. It's I not could even just turned on. People from across the room. <laughs> yeah, it's just, <laughs> just a prop. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, same thing. Like same thing. I was like, "Holy shit! How am I going to do this without alcohol? I should have a drink to loosen up." And then I was like, "Well, that's an awful idea because you have one drink to loosen up, and you're going to have 15 drinks to loosen up, and then you're just going to be a fucking mess." So uh, stuck stuck with it, and uh, yeah, I feel like they they all went well. Like people. I didn't, I managed to not ruin everyone's wedding. Let's just say that that's where the bar was set. Uh, and then, uh, I've been to, uh, 
It's a low, yeah, but I mean, if you, if you can get through a wedding without saying that you didn't ruin that wedding, that's, that's a success in my books. So, um, (laughs) and then since then I've been to a few more weddings and yeah, same thing, just like drinking soda water and making awkward conversation with strangers and awkward dancing. And, uh, they're like, honestly, my, one of my favorite things to do because I do enjoy the spectacle of like, uh, you know, getting dressed up and going to this event that Jess, you said <laughs> you made a comment about how weddings were supposed to be like high class or something. I've never been to a fucking wedding. Like they might be at a nice venue and everyone might be dressed all nicely, but the way people act as the evening <laughs> progresses is decidedly unclassy. I know, but you're dressed uh, fancy. It means you're classy. Mm, there's always, there's always one guy with jeans, Jess. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yeah. His, his good jeans, his good jeans. <laughs> the black, the, the black the ones with no holes. Yeah, yeah. Oh god, <laughs> the tuxedo t-shirt, black, black sneakers. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. And and I do love weddings, uh, and I do love dancing, and I do uh, love them exponentially more now that I can remember them and not embarrass myself and not be the topic of conversation the next day. Uh, and uh, yeah, if you if you are a person. Uh, who still drinks and you're listening to this, uh, you know, don't be that guy or girl. Uh, I know a lot of people have a tendency to over imbibe at weddings, but you don't want to be the person whoever was talking about the next day. Um, and you don't really want to so, wake up marinating in your own vomit. Speaking from experience, yeah, I, it's pretty bad. I feel like that's a good life lesson in general. Yeah. Just if you can avoid that anytime, uh, wedding or not, do yeah, it's not a good look. It's not cute. Nope. Nope. So Derek, question about your future wedding. Um, yes. What hi. are you going to do in terms of alcohol then? Are you going to like, are you going to have an open bar? Are you going to do a cash bar? Are you going to have like a non-alcoholic bar? Like what yeah, do you guys Yeah, that's interesting because you guys are both sober, yeah. right? So. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Kate and I have only been dating for like six so, months. So, okay. Uh, so when is it? <laughs> Where is it? Uh, so we haven't started <laughs> to <date> yet. <laughs> Hi, Kate. Um, it's uh, yeah. I, I know she will will listen to this. You know, I uh, I'd obviously love for us to get married. We have chatted about it, but uh, I think that's something that that we'll discuss uh, at the time. That makes um, sense. Do you I have any I'd, thoughts on I'd it? Love or? To see I, I'd honestly love to see us have a, a sober wedding because I think that's kind of in line with with our values and something that's really important to both yeah, of us. Yeah. Um, but I also know, like, you do have to kind of consider the the guests as mm-hmm. well, right? And the majority of our friends are not. Uh, actually, it could it could even be a fifty fifty split at this yeah, point. Like, but a lot of people are a lot of people are not sober um and i think that uh, i have to wonder how a sober wedding would go over because scott you made a comment about uh open bars at weddings and back when i was drinking that was the determining factor whether i went to a wedding or not if i heard it was a cash bar i would be like ah fuck like do i have to go to the thing i don't want to pay for booze open bar i was like i don't care how i know you or if i like you i don't give a shit i'm coming to your wedding to get trashed um but that that's actually uh, a great question. So I will I will discuss with Kate and uh, update you should we ever <laughs> decide to get married. Sounds good. <laughs> All right, we'll hold you to it. Yeah. Thanks. 
What, what would your guys' thoughts be? On, I mean, you're both sober people, so I have to assume you'd be in favor. But if you had to go a wedding, go to a wedding uh, with a bunch of drinking people who are obligated to remain sober. I mean, it w- it's interesting to think that in those situations, you would have an edge because you're used to kind of navigating those situations sober already. Mm-hmm. Right. Whereas they are not. So it would be interesting to see. Uh, a bunch of non-sober people kind of squirming as they had to, to deal with being in this situation without alcohol to loosen them. Yeah. I, it be I, I, can't, I can't speak for Jess here, but like if, if, if I were to get married, I, I don't think it would be a sober wedding just because Lindsay drinks, right? Same in my boat as well. Yeah. But I think, I think I would offer a pretty decent selection to people who didn't want to drink, like mm-hmm. there'd be more than just like club soda and stuff there. Uh, Kombucha. Th- well, yeah. Me, yeah. me, you know, I'm not going to say no. Or maybe like uh, a signature cocktail of your yeah, night, yeah, yeah. alcoholic or something. Something, right? Like just like uh, have, have everything that we talk about um, as far as like catering to the sober crowd or sober curious or whatever. I think that if, I were to have a wedding as a sober person, I would definitely want to make those options readily available for everybody, even if people there were drinking, you know? And if Graham and I ever did change our mind and decide to get married, we're doing a drive-thru chapel in Vegas anyways, so... Yeah, I have a feeling that if Lindsay and I decide to get married, we'll just take uh, our daughter somewhere and and have a little private ceremony, but uh, we'll see. Yeah, uh, Kate and I have already discussed and we've decided we're going to have two weddings because we have to have one in Vancouver and one in Philadelphia. Which one's going to be the uh, real so, one, though? What, what do you, what do you, why does one have you, to, why can't you they only both get be legally married once? So I've had, yeah, I've had Derek. friends who've had two weddings where they've had like the, the secret wedding and then that's where they legally got married. And then they're like, okay, now we'll have the like family and friends wedding or whatever. Cause they've wanted to do like a destination wedding to get like legally married, but then they come back cause their family would be pissed if they didn't get something as well. So they just kind of like do the song and dance, but they're actually already married. I feel like, well, so my brother uh, and his wife who is Chinese, um, they did one wedding in Canada and one wedding in China. And the Canadian one was the first one. So I guess that would be the real one. But because they were getting legally married in two different countries, maybe they were both real? I don't know if that's how it works. I'm not sure. I don't think you can be married yeah, in one sure country either. and then get married in another country. Like, I think there's something in there that would, like, invalidate one of them or something. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure on the whole like marriage laws. Like I've like I have I've not looked into any of that. <laughs> but okay. yeah, I know you can only be married well, once. In like at least that's Canadian law. I know like there are like other cultures that have different laws. So I don't know. <laughs> Shrug. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> Wow! Well, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Only be married yes. once. At a time. Yeah. At a time. At a time. Yeah. At a time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well. <laughs> also depends on your culture. I feel for those people. Yikes. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> well, do we have anything else to cool. say about that topic? 
Hey, uh, weddings are cool and I like them a lot. And they're like a thousand times better when you are sober. Uh, I like going to weddings. I don't think I will ever have one myself. That's my final thought. (laughs) Uh, my final thoughts are weddings are weddings and I have to go to them sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh wait i have one more final thought uh if you are a person who drinks uh and you do you're planning a wedding or a bridal shower or a bachelorette or a bachelor party uh think about you know if you do have sober friends uh, just consider those people when you're planning things um like don't you know no sober person wants to go on like uh a fucking like 40 stop bar crawl <laughs> for a pastor party or uh you know be locked away uh in a cabin in the woods somewhere with a bunch of like screamingly drunk people um so just you know think 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 about them because we are growing in numbers and we may even be among your friends right now and one day we will dominate you we're all. gonna take over the world i feel it guys yeah yeah i feel, I feel it's okay. gonna be like <laughs> just the three of us yeah yeah well oh, we're okay, gonna cool. like infect our friends and they're gonna be like ooh, look at how beautiful their skin is and how awake they look all the time i think i need to try that <laughs> and then it's gonna be like smoke uh, drinkers are gonna be like smokers where everyone's like <clears throat> Get away from me with your smoke. Ew. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you smell like booze. <laughs> like alcohol. Yeah. I think culturally, yeah, we might even be shifting that way. Uh, but I will say that no one will ever look at me and comment on my beautiful skin <laughs> or how untired I look. That's not, we are setting unrealistic expectations for so right, many fine. people. Uh, fair. My, That's fair. My skin, uh, fair, whatever. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Agree 100%. Uh, Recommendation time. You guys go first. I need a minute. (laughs) I haven't thought of anything. Okay. Uh, I I got one. Uh, So I had a couple, this is very Vancouver specific for our Vancouver listeners, but I want to give a shout out to uh, two places where I had birthday events this past week. Uh, One, Kate took me to a very fancy birthday dinner at uh, Market by Jean-Georges at the Mm -hmm. Shangri-La Hotel. Um, and then I had a, uh, my birthday party at the union, uh, in Vancouver. And both of these places, uh, had really, uh, thoughtful and uh, well done, uh, non-alcoholic drink options. So, uh, market had like, you know, six or seven, um, amazing, mocktails that you could tell like a lot of thought and effort went into preparing. Um, and they were all fantastic. I think we sampled all of them between the the two of us. Um, but they were, they were really great. And it was something that, uh, I was reading, a an article, uh, an interview with the bar manager there. And he had said it was something that was really important to them to kind of cater to that growing sober demographic. So that was fantastic. And then the union has, um, you, they just have a ton of shit that they uh, also did. I was talking to Rob, uh, the bartender there, and uh, I think he might be sober himself, but they have a bunch of like, they have drinking vinegars that they uh, make on site. They have a bunch of kombucha. Um, they have a, a bunch of different mocktails. And then he was asking about um, like uh, 
uh, non-alcoholic beers that he could carry that weren't totally shitty. Um, so both are great spots if you are uh, drinking less or not drinking at all to go and get yourself uh, a fantastic sober drink and, and hold social Super events. duper tasty drinks at the Union. Um, That's really Yeah, cool. it's like what? way more interesting yeah. than a lot of places that I've been in terms of their selection. They have a, a huge selection and they're all really like interesting and unique things that I've never heard of before and really, really tasty. So yeah, I second that for sure. Nice. Yeah, they were all great. Scott, you wouldn't know because you didn't come to my birthday party, but if you had, I think you would have enjoyed it. I uh, very well could have. <laughs> you would have kept, you would have kept me company. So let's then segue to my recommend because I thought of one. It has to do with Derek's birthday. Um, Oh, wow. Oh, just rubbing it in, eh? Okay, all right. So, knowing that Derek would be busy entertaining his many other guests because he's a very popular man, and knowing that Scott wouldn't be there to keep me company and me not knowing if I was going to know anybody else there, I was feeling very socially anxious heading into the party. And it was actually my first event of that caliber since stopping drinking. So... I was high anxiety, kind of freaking out a little bit. And actually, there were many times where I was like, maybe I should just not go. But I forced myself to go. And something that helped me to get myself sort of like pumped up and feeling better about myself was listening to the album Because I Love You by Lizzo. So that's my recommend. If you like need to feel better about yourself or just get yourself like hyped as hell, listen to that album. It's so good. Every song is amazing. They're all about like self love and empowerment and inclusivity and diversity. So freaking good. She's an amazing singer. She's so versatile and she has like 20 different genres in her album. It's so good. And it really helps like get me out the door. And it was like a 15 minute walk to the, to the location. So it was enough time to get a couple songs in and I felt so much better. So, yes, listen to Cuz I Love You by Lizzo, the album. That's a song as well, which is an amazing song, but the whole album. Yeah. The song is great. That album is awesome. Music great. is a magic. It really um, is. Yeah, it is. Jess, I, I want to say I was super impressed that, that you showed it because I knew that you were going to be like mm-hmm. very worried and socially anxious about it. Um, so I was like just thrilled that, that you actually you. came out and uh, you, you, everyone, generally Aww. seem to, to like you a lot and you made conversation yes. with like complete strangers all night. So thank you, you did, I'm, did really so well that you were, that you acknowledged that. So yeah, thank you. <laughs> I was happy that I went and your friends are all really sweet. The ones that I talked to. So yeah, it was good. Yeah. That was, yeah, that's the why other, they were on the that. Other ones, yeah, the other like ones, sorry, don't, don't worry about that. Yeah. yeah the other ones. Are <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You just, okay, you just good. happened to sit by the next So ones. anybody that didn't talk to Jess on Saturday <laughs> nights, you're an asshole. Yeah. You are an asshole. <laughs> Not my words. I have no, uh, I have no way of knowing. So, oh, we're, yeah. We, we know. We know. Okay. We, <laughs> you know who you are. <laughs> Uh, Scott, what do you got? Uh, well, other than recommending that uh, I go to Derek's birthday next year, because, like, wow. You know? <laughs> next year. Kate and I are already talking about doing a uh, destination party for next year. Oh, you're going to be, be my 40th. So. Oh. Oh, man, you're such Just an kidding. Man. 30. 30. I'll be 30. Um, I, said, I said the number wrong. Um, we Oh, man, we might be in Florida. It's still a big number. Anyways, I might 30. be away again, but we'll see. Um uh, my recommendation this time around is another book because apparently that's what I do now. 
Uh, yeah, giant nerd. Uh, <laughs> I just started reading uh, a memoir of Ben Folds. Do you know Ben Folds? Ben Folds Five. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> he just released a book. It's called A Dream About Lightning Bugs, and it's like a, like a memoir. And I'm about thirty or forty pages into it. I love Ben Folds. He's a super intelligent, thoughtful human being and an incredibly talented musician. Two things that I love and. Uh, yeah, so far it's really good, and it's totally. Uh, I had really hyped it up in my mind when I heard that he was writing a memoir, and so far it's like totally hitting all the right notes for me. So, yeah, a dream about lightning bugs by Ben Folds. You should read it. Amazing! Yeah. I'm definitely going to check that out because uh, you know his his songwriting is is very autobiographical. And oh yeah, very well. much. And then um, so and there's little parts in this book where he references lyrics in his songs and relates them to like times in his life. And yeah, it's really really oh, cool. Cool. Yeah. Oh, amazing! Yeah. Okay, I'm going to sound super ignorant right now. I don't know if I know any of Ben Fold's music. Like I know the yeah, name. You do. Is it one of those ones where I'll hear it and I'll be like, oh yeah, I know. Yeah, this. like I think yeah, I feel like his. When he was in a band, he was in a band called Ben Folds Five, and uh, they had a mm. song called Brick that was actually about abortion, which was an incredibly Ooh. controversial song in the 90s. In the and 90s. Uh, if you heard it, you'd, you'd know it. But uh, yeah, okay. it's a great, great song. And uh, he's a very, very talented man. So yeah, the book's cool. been, been really good so far. Cool. Jess, I'll send you some of his stuff when we're uh, when we're done. But you definitely know Brick and, and probably a few of his other uh, a okay. few of his other hits yeah. as well. Rock, yeah, send it over. I need some. On, you know, I need some music to listen to while I read myself to sleep after this. Nice, nice. Do Which? You... Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Yourself? I was I was gonna probably do the same thing you were gonna do. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, uh, speaking of, let's wrap this thing up. Hey, I've been Derek Boland. Thanks for listening uh, and joining us for this meeting of the Club Soda Club. Uh, you can follow me on uh, Instagram, on my sobriety account, where I post a lot of inspirational messages and memes, basically. Uh, it is at van underscore sober. I'm Jessica Couture. I'm taking a social media break right now. I do still pop into Twitter every now and then because Twitter is not an issue for me, but I am not on my Instagram right now. But you can still go there. It's Jessica Couture Art, same as my Twitter. And yeah, thanks for listening to me sweat while I speak about stuff that I'm nervous about. <laughs> yeah, which you also do. Can we actually talk about the social media break really quick before we sign off? Sure, like, yeah. What's... Uh, what was your kind of uh, impetus for doing that? And have you seen any benefits since since starting the break? Yeah, so it mostly I wanted to take a break from Instagram because it, the break is related to my art practice. And the the accounts that I follow on Instagram are mainly art accounts because I'm looking to follow people who are in the industry that I want to get into. Um, but I was finding that rather than being an inspiration and sort of pushing me towards more uh, like achieving my goals in that area, it was causing me to freeze up. And I think because a lot of people that I follow are now starting to like put out advice about their career and how to get into their career path. The problem is that when you're getting advice from like that many people and it's often conflicting and different, it, it, causes, it causes me to just not do anything, which is something that I talk about a lot on my podcast called Creative on the Side, getting into that analysis paralysis area. So I basically just wanted to take myself out of that 
put myself into a bit of a vacuum, select like two of the mentors in the art community that I kind of trust the most and focus on them only in terms of art advice. Um, so I'm reading a book by one of them right now. And the other one, um, I listened to his podcast, but, um, yeah, it was mostly just to sort of put myself into like a, a creative vacuum and give me an opportunity to find my own creative voice without outside influences having an, an influence. Um, and I've already like, so two days after taking myself off of Instagram and I didn't deactivate my account or anything, it's still there with like a post that's just sort of saying like, I'm on a break, I'll be back. Um, but two days after taking Instagram off of my phone, um, and reading this book that I'm reading called creative, find your creative voice by Lisa Congdon, who's an artist that I love. Um, I had this like huge revelation and part of it is actually Derek, when we talked in the last episode as well, a huge part of myself that I'm leaving out of my art is talking about my past trauma and the reason, okay, this is going to make take way longer than I thought, but the reason that I left it out, Keep going. <laughs> the reason that I was leaving it out is because I was scared to talk about it. Um, because my art is like colorful and happy and fluffy and it's not meant to be like dark and angsty, which is like my whole past is like dark and angsty, but I've sort of had this revelation that I can come at it. I can still include that huge part of my story. It's like, a, it makes up such a big part of my history. Um, I can still include it, but in more of an empowering way, because like, as we talked about in that episode, I've sort of come a really long way in spite of everything that I've been through. And that's sort of like an empowering message that I can include in my art and still have it be like colorful and have rainbows and clouds and fluffy shit um, and still be really like cute. So yeah. Um, so that was two days in and I'm sort of going through this like huge evolution in my art practice because of it. So I'm definitely taking the whole month off <laughs> and I don't think it's going to be hard at first. I thought like, Oh man, I'm so addicted to Instagram. This is going to be really hard. And like, I miss it a little bit, but really only because I might like see a piece of art, like with Van Murelfest, for example, I might see a piece of art and want to look up that artist on Instagram so I can follow them, but I can't do that right now. So I have to try and like write it down or something for when I come back to it. That's really the only time that I miss it. Otherwise I'm just like here doing my own thing, not worrying about what any other artist is doing. And it's like amazing. So yeah, that's that. That sounds incredible. And I think that is a big part of Instagram, right? Like it's, it's, uh, striving, whether you're doing it consciously or subconsciously striving to be like everyone else that you see on Instagram, yeah. whether it's like visiting the same places or making the same art or putting out the same podcasts or doing the same projects or saying the same messages. Mm -hmm. um, and, and at some point uh, like you raise a really good point where uh, maybe you stop, you, you it kind of blurs the lines between, okay, like what am I projecting of myself mm -hmm. versus what am I projecting of either just what I want other people to think of me or what I've absorbed from all the shit I take in. Yeah. Or just looking at what they're doing and thinking that that's what you have to do to fit into whatever it is that you're trying to do. Like I'm trying to get into the illustration industry. So I'm following all these illustrators and I'm thinking that they're, what they're doing is what I have to do, but that's completely not true because I need to find my own voice and style. Um, and, but it's hard to do when all I'm doing is like taking in more and more work from other illustrators. So um, yeah, it's, it's definitely a huge step for me to sort of like take my art practice to the next level. And I'm super stoked. That's awesome. Yeah. Very cool to hear that. That's uh, yielding positive results for yeah. you. And, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe someday I will do the same. 
I don't know, man. You put out so much <laughs> content. I don't know if you could handle it. See, I was already not putting uh, out very much content either because I was so stuck. I wasn't putting out anything. And I was like, I'm losing followers because my account is hardly active. I'm putting out maybe one illustration a week. Like, that's not that's not enough. Like, that I do know. Everyone else puts out so much work because, like, you have to to get noticed. And I wasn't making enough work to have enough to post. And the reason I wasn't doing that is because I was so stuck. So... But you, yeah, I don't know if you, because you, you already put out so much. Like, I don't think you could just be like, bye for a month. Maybe a day. Uh, uh, yeah. Maybe a day. <laughs> Even that, I think, would be beneficial. Yeah. Like, although I barely, um, I look at the amount of time I used to spend on Twitter, and I'm like, I'm, I'm barely on Twitter anymore. Like, I'll, I'll post a couple, like, random thoughts a day, but I don't really engage with people so much anymore. I do, I have found myself spending... Uh, an inordinate amount of time on Instagram, particularly since uh, trying to, you know, build up this uh, sober community. Mm -hmm. It requires time, Uh, a lot of engagement to sort of get attention on yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Mm. And and then there's Scott (laughs) who just posts his, uh, his amazing pictures all the time. And uh, Scott, where's, where's your, where's your main social media? Uh, Probably. It's a mix between Instagram and YouTube, to be honest, but uh, uh, Twitter's always in the mix as well. But it's funny just hearing you talk about uh, your break, Jess. It sort of dawned on me maybe yesterday or the day before that the probably the most important thing that I do for my creativity is YouTube. And... Mm-hmm. I don't need any of my other social media platforms to grow my YouTube channel. They, they have such a negligible impact on it that I Mm -hmm. think that I could easily take a break from those as well and just do like my non-connected website and then, uh, and then YouTube, I think. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. YouTube, yeah, it's kind of like its own little bubble. It doesn't. It really, is, yeah, yeah. It might help, like you. You might be able to like funnel some people from YouTube over to like your Instagram because you're photography based. Yes. But I don't necessarily yeah. see it going the other way. It doesn't really yeah. go the other way. No. Same, same with Twitter. It doesn't yeah. really translate um, from Twitter to anything else, really. So. Yeah. You guys, is this a crossover uh, episode for Creative on the Side? Yeah, or what? <laughs> yeah I mean, might as well. It is yeah. now. Yeah. But anyways, like- you, you can find me on the internet at WFLBC pretty much everywhere. Or you can go to my website, which is digitalemulsions.com, where I've actually started like blogging again, which is hilarious. Okay. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Very so cool. We'll is it 2003? Yeah, totally. <laughs> God. I've actually started blogging on my website as well, which is jesscouture.com. It's It's, a place that I can keep people, I can keep people updated while I'm not on Instagram. Yeah. Like just on how things are going. So yeah. Yeah. Nice. Well, Uh, I do not blog anywhere, but you write almost like blog, like mini blog posts on your Instagram. So on my Instagram. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you want to read my blog, check out my (laughs) Instagram. (laughs) I do believe that this concludes the sixth meeting of the club soda club. Unless anyone has any further business? No. No, ma'am. All right. Meeting adjourned. Bye. Bye.
Disclaimer, nothing in this podcast constitutes medical or professional advice. If you or someone you know is struggling with addiction, there are a number of resources available. We'll link to these resources in the show notes for each episode so that you can get the support you need.